Well, good morning to everyone, or, or good afternoon, or good evening, uh, wherever you happen to be around uh, the world. So good to see uh, everyone uh, on this occasion, and uh, very uh, grateful for London Insight for continuing to uh, say maintain these um, uh, Dhamma practice uh, occasions uh, throughout the pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of difficulty uh, people have been having with alienation and being separated from others, and I feel these online events are a great way of sustaining those qualities of, of connection and uh, sustaining the, the spiritual efforts that we uh, that we can make and to help each other along. So during this the weekend, um, the main themes for for uh, the uh, the time together will be about effort and uh, skillful relationship to, to to effort and how that works in with spiritual practice and uh, some of your faces and names I recognize, some of you I don't recognize, and so uh, I'll presume that there's a degree of familiarity with Buddhist teachings and Buddhist terminology. I'll try not to be too technical, but uh, there, as um, Sue was saying with their introduction, there'll be time for questions and answers so that uh, if anything that I say or terms that I use are also mysterious or confusing, then you can ask about that in the uh, in the in the chat box in the in the questions and answer sessions and I'll try to to clarify things as best I can. So the the theme for the the weekend when uh, London Insight were asking what, uh, what uh, might be a, a good topic. This was one that, uh, that came up because it's an area that uh, people frequently misunderstand or find hard to to relate to because in our uh, in our daily lives the the action of doing things and going places and uh, having having goals or uh, tasks that we've we've picked up there's uh, there's easily a, a, an assumption of stressfulness that it's a bother or it's a chore or it's something that we're you know we're waiting for it to be over you know, wait, you know thank goodness it's the weekend or I'm looking forward to my holiday or wouldn't it be nice when this is over and so we relate to peace uh, as something that's available when there isn't anything happening or when we've switched off or when um, there isn't any kind of engagement or, or doing. Um, and, uh, and then also in terms of spiritual teaching, sometimes there are spiritual teachers who talk about um, the, uh, the uh, qualities of spiritual practice from a very transcendent point of view. So you have expressions like truth is a pathless land or journey without a goal and such like. And I feel that the, those kind of expressions, they have their place in spiritual understanding, but it's also, uh, in, in a way, it implies that if you have got a path, <laughs> if you're traveling along a path, it's therefore a chore, that you're, there, there's a, a stressfulness in trying to get somewhere. Or um, if you've got a goal, that's somehow a, a burden or it's a sort of worldly way of, of thinking and operating. But I feel it's helpful to, to consider that the Buddha did talk in terms of a path. You know, <laughs> the, uh, the Eightfold Path is the, the, the fourth of the Four Noble Truths. Don't wander into technical terminology. <laughs> so that uh, of these principal teachings that the Buddha laid out and the framework for his teaching uh, and spiritual guidance for the, the whole of his teaching career of 45 years, um, then that languaging of a, of a path and a goal is it's quite natural and normal, it's, and it's a form that the Buddha used. Um, and it, it, within that eightfold path, one of those, uh, those eight aspects of the path 
to arrive at that that goal of what we call the the ending of of suffering or to uh, the the experience of of complete liberation of, uh, the realization of of nibbana that uh, one of those eight uh, aspects of the of the path is what we call right effort samavayamo and so there must to me that that suggests there has to be a way that we make effort or we have a goal we set our, our life in a particular direction that is somehow uh, intrinsically peaceful that is leading towards peace and is in, is in tune with with nature with reality with dhamma uh, along the way so that, that's the area i'd like to explore over this weekend see uh, how first of all uh, how um, that might work and uh, what kind of effort what, what are the elements that make up that that effort when it's summer or, or, or right effort and uh, and what we can do in terms of how we set up our, our lives our our meditation, uh, our attitudes, in order to be able to, uh, say, give direction to our life, to the, the choices that we make, uh, the things that we do, uh, uh, whether it's our, uh, in the workplace, or whether it's traveling, or whether it's even our, our meditation, you know, the, which is di directly aimed at uh, peacefulness, how can we, uh, say, give direction, make, a, make effort or, or work uh, with, um, uh, with an attitude that supports peacefulness and supports liberation and doesn't give rise to unnecessary uh, stressing and, and tension with, uh, within our field of experience. So I hope that uh, is all understandable to, to people. Please uh, do, if there's anything, as I say, that I'm uh, uh, expressing as, as we go along that, that doesn't make sense or is, uh, is unclear, then do make a note of that. And then we have, a, we've got a couple of questions and answer sessions during the day, so please do feel free to, to ask about that. So the, um, uh, when we, we use the word right, uh, then again, people can <laughs> have a certain re reactivity towards that, then it can seem a bit divisive or um, dualistic, and that, oh, there's a you know, right and wrong sets up a, can, can seem to be setting up a kind of tension and um, many of us have got attracted towards Buddhism because of trying to get away from uh, a kind of um, uh, dualistic approach towards religious goals about this is right, that's wrong, you'll be, you'll be rewarded for the good and punished for the bad. And so even a word like right can set off alarm bells in people. But I, I feel it's helpful to understand that the word summer, uh, when you're translating from a scriptural language like Pali or Sanskrit, some words go very easily into English or other European languages, and some are a bit of an awkward fit. Um, so the word summer, S-A-M-M-A, summer, which is translated usually as right, um, the, the word summer is related to the Indian musical term for, for harmony. So when the, the strings of a, of a vena, of a, of a, 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 a sitar, as we call it, as uh, a kind of instrument, when they are in tune, then they are summer. They are they are in harmony with each other. So that quality of summer, it, it, in a way, it means right as in balance or, or upright, rather than right versus wrong. So that it's so it's some, when something has been righted, you know, it, it sort of rather than being uh, uh, on its side, it is it is set upright. So it's that kind of a right. Um, so it means. It has the the connotations of being balanced, being attuned, 
Um, and, uh, and I feel that's more of a helpful way to understand that when we talk about right effort, it's effort that's in tune with reality, effort that is in tune with nature. And in this respect, that attunement uh, uh, is, say, what conduces towards peacefulness. When our life is in tune with nature, with, with that fundamental reality, then there's a, 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 a natural peacefulness and ease. The, there is a, 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 a way that our life, even where there's a lot of activity or a lot of things going on, we can be in accord with life, with nature. So you can be running, but you can be completely at peace with an act of running. When people say, oh, Ajahn Amaro, you're, um, you're, you're so busy. I don't, want to, I don't want to waste your time. I, I don't want to interrupt. You're so busy. And my stock answer is, I try to never be busy, but I'm very often active. It's a bit, uh, being a bit pedantic, I realize. <laughs> I'm prone to pedantry, but I feel there's a difference between being busy and being active. And it relates to this whole theme, really, for this weekend of how to work and to do and to give direction, to make choices that is, uh, say, uh, uh, effective and can bring a, help to bring about useful changes in our life and in the world around us, but is not burdensome or stressful or something that is, say, we're looking forward to being over so that then we can experience peace when this particular thing has finished. So then to talk about, uh, about that, uh, these qualities of right effort, um, then the, the Buddha, in, in many, many of his teachings, he, was, uh, he uh, laid out different formats or gave different expressions. But one, uh, uh, one format that I think is, is useful and, and we'll be uh, looking at over the, this weekend is what he called the, the, um, the four, his, as people might know, he was very fond of, of using lists as an easy way to remember things. So one of his lists is called the, the four... Uh, the four great efforts, the four samapadanas, or the, the, uh, the four uh, substantial uh, aspects of effort. And so these are, they relate to uh, what is wholesome and what is unwholesome, what is beneficial and what is unbeneficial. So it starts off with the first one uh, in terms of, of training the mind, this is effort in training the mind, is to, um, to restrain the unwholesome from arising. To, uh, uh, to say set the intention to not let uh, not let the mind go in directions of unwholesomeness of towards selfishness or uh, anger aversion greediness and so on and so forth so restraining the unwholesome is sort of number one number two on the list is if an unwholesome quality has arisen say there's a feeling of, uh, of restlessness or anger aversion uh, greed, um, uh, craving, then there's the effort to let go, to, to, um, to relinquish, to, to release. The third uh, of these, uh, these right efforts, these, these uh, uh, great efforts, um, substantial efforts, is uh, to consciously cultivate the wholesome. So making the effort to focus the attention in the present moment, to concentrate the mind on uh, I say a, a wholesome object, like say the, the feeling of the breath or the act of walking or the developing the quality of loving kindness. So consciously bringing the wholesome into being. And then the fourth, you know, number four on the list is 
to maintain in being wholesome qualities that have arisen. So these are, are uh, if you want the Pali for them, there's Sangvara is restraining, Pahana is to let go, um, Pavana is to develop or to cultivate, and Anurakana is to protect or to, to maintain. Again, you won't be tested on any of this, <laughs> but just mentioning the Pali for, for easy reference. Um, so that um, there's, there's a lot of doing in that. There's a, a recognition of wholesome and unwholesome, what's beneficial, what's unbeneficial. So I feel that uh, in this respect, it's, uh, it's very uh, useful to, to, not, to, anyway, to, to not be afraid of recognizing this is beneficial, this is unbeneficial, this is wholesome, this is unwholesome, that we're not being, uh, say, uh, picky or, or judgmental or, um, or reactive in making those distinctions. It's rather like if you want to cross a road, you stand at the edge of the, of the pavement and you wait until there's a break in the traffic or you walk to where there's a, a zebra crossing here in the UK, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the black and white crossing. To, you walk to the edge of that and then when the traffic has stopped, then you walk across. So we are um, we're recognizing that if you just, uh, walk straight out into the middle of a busy road, you're liable to get knocked down by a car, or you at least cause alarm and distress in the people who are driving, have to screech to a halt or to swerve to avoid you. Um, so that uh, the, uh, we can make, naturally make decisions and, and, take the, uh, and make choices to, to be still or to move <laughs> that are not reactive, they're not judgmental, and there's nothing uh, uh, obstructive or stressful or, or painful involved in those, those uh, choices that are being made. It's simply working together with the world as we experience it. So in this respect, and in terms of, of making effort and giving direction in our minds, in our meditation, in our attitudes, I feel it's, uh, it's important not to be, uh, say, um, uh, afraid or not to be sort of a, a, a feeling that it's we're somehow diminished or it's an intrusion upon our spirituality to make judgments about or, or to to make uh, to recognize this is wholesome that's unwholesome and so on and so forth but rather in our ordinary natural uh, process of living it's like if you want to make a cup of tea um, then you you put the kettle on uh, I mean most kettles uh, at least in this country, have when they're boiling, they'll switch themselves off. But you know, when the if you have, if you've got a kettle that doesn't switch itself off, or you're putting it on the gas, then once the water is boiled, then it's ready to make the tea. You don't have to leave the kettle on the on the on the gas for an hour; the water will boil away. <laughs> you if you if you uh, if you, it's an electric kettle without an automatic thing to switch it off. Once it's boiled, you switch it off because it's reached the point that, that you need for, to make the, the tea. Uh, anyway, not to labor the point, but we're, we're, uh, we're working with those natural attributes of the, the material world, the people around us, uh, you know, the boiling point of water, <laughs> the way traffic works on the street. These are ordinary, natural, everyday uh, processes that we're a part of, that our, our living system is a part of. And so that when we're uh, training the mind and, and working with, uh, say, guiding our, our lives towards a quality of ease and peace and freedom, then uh, I would suggest that, that it's a skillful use of the ability to make choices, to give direction, and doing that with a, 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 an attitude 
that is a um, free of, of grasping, free of identification, free of attachment. That's the the the, uh, the the thing to be attentive to. It's not whether we make choices or take a direction or or um, or judge something as being wholesome or unwholesome or beneficial or unbeneficial. We we don't need to be um, say reticent about following those uh, those making those distinctions. But rather, it's the the uh, the way that the mind holds it, the way that the, that it is is picked up. That's what makes the difference. That makes sense to to everyone. And in particular, I would suggest it's the uh, what we call the I making and mind making habit. It's the the sense of I me mine that comes into the making of effort. That comes into decision making. That's the that's the stressor. That's the thing that causes imbalance and, and difficulty and, and discord within us and between us and, and others uh, around us. So uh, again, this is a, one of the main themes I wanted to, to explore and to offer up over this weekend is the difference between making effort based on mindfulness and wisdom, an effort which is attuned to reality, attuned to Dhamma, attuned to nature, and effort which is guided by self-view, the ego-centered uh, and reactive habits that uh, are so strong in, in most of our lives and so so familiar, that sense of, you know, I want to get this, I don't want to, I don't want to be like that, I want to, uh, I want to go, I've got to go there, I don't, I, I don't want to deal with this, all those I've got to, I should, I want to, that the eye-making and mind-making uh, that, that comes into the picture, that's the, the stressing agent that's what brings the agitation and the, the quality of discord that's what puts us puts the strings out of harmony with each other uh, i would suggest so in the in the buddha's um first teaching the the turning of the wheel setting in motion of the the wheel of of dhamma the wheel of truth the very first teaching when he described the Four Noble Truths and the Middle Way, then uh, when he talked about the, the, uh, the Four Noble Truths and what is the, the, the cause of, of trouble, <laughs> the cause of, of suffering, that cause of discord, dissonance, discontent, dis-ease with, within, within us, he outlined uh, three kinds of, of craving or, or um, attachment to that were the the main a the the, the root the, the the source the the uh in a say the the origin of that uh, that difficulty that discord that sense of wrongness we call dukkha in in the pali language though so that uh the first one is uh, the desire for sense pleasure karma tanha um in pali so that the, the craving for sense pleasure. So when we talk about craving or, 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 or desiring, often that's what comes to mind, craving for a particular kind of food that we like or, or for a, a particular, um, uh, say, uh, uh, partner or a place to be or a particular kind of house or a, a, uh, a, uh, a, a sound of, of a particular kind of music. And when we think about craving, attachment to, to tobacco or alcohol or caffeine or, or, uh, or another person or attachment to, uh, uh, to, to things and that craving for sense pleasure. That's usually what we think of when we, when we use the word craving. 
But uh, along with that, uh, that craving for sense pleasure uh, and uh, the mind's sort of, uh, addiction to that, then there's two more subtle partners to that that the, the Buddha names in that first teaching. And these are the desire to become and the desire to get rid of. So that uh, these are much more subtle presences, much more subtle kinds of, of, uh, of craving, not so easily noticeable, but in terms of meditation and training the mind, they are extremely significant. And uh, the, uh, so getting a sense of what these are and how they work uh, is kind of essential, I would say, to understanding how effort can be uh, made in a, in, in a way that is really uh, stress-free and beneficial and does lead to helpful results in our lives. So the, uh, the craving to, uh, to become uh, bhavatana in Pali, again, <laughs> dropping in the Pali term for those who are interested. So the, uh, this is the, the, the craving to, to be. It's like the desire to, uh, I want to be peaceful. I've got, I, I want to be happy. I want to be concentrated. I want to develop wisdom. Uh, and you think, well, hang on a minute. Isn't that... <laughs> Isn't that uh, the kind of thing he's already been talking about? Or, uh, that isn't this what the books tell us are, are worth uh, having and, and getting? But it's that uh, element of self, the, the self-view, the I, me, mine feeling that's sort of coming to the picture is like, I want to get concentrated. I want to develop insight. I want to be wise. I want to be a better person. I'm not good enough as I am. I need to improve this. And I need to be like that. Uh, so in its coarsest aspects, it manifests as sort of ambition. And, uh, and so that in many ways, that can be, it can seem to be quite skillful, trying to do the best that we can with the resources that we have, the kind of character we have, the, the skills that we have. It's like, well, shouldn't, uh, are we supposed to be passive? Are we supposed to not make any effort at all? It's like, no, that's not, not what I'm saying. But it's where the I, uh, the ego, uh, and the habits of self-use, self-centered thinking come in, and the uh, that ego-centered thinking takes over. So that I want, uh, I want to be concentrated. I want to develop insight. I, I'm, uh, I want to be uh, uh, the the most impressive meditator. <laughs> I want to be uh, to be making the best use of of this uh, uh, of this practice, so that I will really get somewhere. And in one of his teachings, the Buddha points out, he said, even if someone is sitting meditating and their mind is really peaceful, very quiet, very bright, and then the thought comes to, to mind, I am at peace, I am without clinging, I have realized Nibbana. He said, right there, <laughs> the way the mind phrases that demonstrates the, the clinging that is still present. And in, Bhikkhu, uh, in the uh, translation of this, Bhikkhu Bodhi, the translator, sort of, puts the, the I into, into italic and underlines it. You know, I am at peace. I am without clinging. I have realized Nibbana. And the Buddha says, yeah, right there, it's demonstrating the, uh, the, the attitude is still focused around I, me, and mine. And that demonstrates the clinging, the attachment, the, the, the grasping that is still there. So that uh, in our meditation, then, is to recognize that eye-making and mind-making habit, the way that that 
the, the, the ego-centered thinking, self-centered thinking takes over the effort of meditation. Like, I should sit up straight. I'm getting sleepy. I need to wake up. Um, what will they think of me? Um, uh, I, I'm really getting somewhere now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was, I was really scattered. Now I'm really concentrated. I'm, I'm really going places. Yeah, these are not uh, unskillful or unwholesome uh, things, but notice how the mind phrases what's going on. It's in terms of I and me and mine. Then the, the so the that's with the uh, the becoming urge, the the craving to to become, and then its partner is the craving to get rid of. I've got a lot of confusion. I'm uh, I'm uh, very busy. I've got to get rid of my uh, my selfish uh, uh, urges. I've uh, I'm I'm scattered. I'm all over the place. I need to get concentrated. Um, that uh, uh, I have got to get rid of my delusions, my agitations. My uh, I've got to get rid of my ambitiousness. <laughs> the uh, this is called the annihilationist tendency. So that. I want to get rid of my my chattering mind. I want to get rid of my thoughts. If I could, if only I could stop thinking, then I would be happy. Uh, and so that's one aspect of this desire to get rid of. Another is just wanting to switch off uh, and to not feel, to not be. And so the um, the uh, if only I could stop thinking. If only I just didn't feel this. If only my emotions weren't so all over the place. If I could just switch this off. That would be great, and so that the uh, there's a recognition that the well that's a, a, a nihilistic annihilationist tendency, thinking that peace comes from being switched off or not feeling or being numb, even though it, that is understandable, <laughs> human enough, uh, and and I think uh, a lot of the consumption of alcohol and uh, and other drugs uh, is uh, is about trying to not feel, to not be, to, to switch off the particularly painful emotional states. So it's, it's familiar enough, it's natural enough, but the, the peace that comes from going numb or switching off or just annihilating our emotions or our thoughts, that's not a, that's not a piece of, uh, of, that's, that's liberated. It's, it's a, a, a dull and constricted piece. It's a, a, uh, something that is... Uh, only sustainable for a particular time. Like if you've if you've drunk a lot of alcohol or you've used you've used uh, drugs that numb the emotions. When you stop taking the drug, when you stop taking the alcohol, then the the emotions come back you know, more, ever more painful and ever stronger than than before. And yeah, you know, can speak from my own experience in that in that respect. So that these two, the desire to become and the desire to get rid of, they they're the quieter partners to the. The, the craving for sense pleasure, the craving to, to become something, the defined being, and the craving to not be, to not feel. So the, in Pali, these are bhavatanha and vipavatanha. The, the, and they are, uh, in many respects, about the, with the theme of, of today and this weekend, these are the, <laughs> the characters I hope that we can get a sense of, of how they work to get to know that, and then also to see that the mind doesn't have to be dominated or guided by those uh, those those habits of craving and identification, but rather it's possible to uh, to establish an attitude uh, that is um, say 
based on mindfulness and wisdom, that our effort and direction is given to our minds in, our, in, our work, in the work of meditation, free from, I've got to get concentrated, I should be sitting up straight, I've got to get rid of these chattering thoughts, you know, I've got to, I should, I mustn't. <laughs> but rather, the noticing those eye-making and mind-making habits, getting familiar, recognizing uh, how, they, how they work, what they, what they feel like in their presence, getting to know them, and then to, to train the heart to let go of that, to, to recognize those habits and to, to let go of them, to, to relinquish them. And then it, instead to establish an attitude based on mindfulness and wisdom. So rather than I've got to get concentrated, I've got to make my chattering thoughts shut up, recognizing that, oh, well, here is the, the mind uh, caught up in, in a, a lot of uh, busy thinking. Um, if this is followed, it's just going to lead to more agitation. So uh, uh, this, is a, this is the experience of the chattering mind. So, in, uh, so let there be a, uh, the intention to uh, focus on the breath, say, for example, or focus on the, the, the posture, or in walking meditation, to focus on the footsteps. And so um, rather than the I should, I must, I've got to, being the way that it's phrased, rather, uh, and not just ch changing the words, but changing the attitude, <laughs> so that that initiative to focus the attention in the present moment, to, to bring the attention to the breath, that's uh, guided by mindfulness and wisdom, uh, rather than I should, I must, I want to, I, I've got to. And hopefully uh, the people who are you know, participating today can get a sense of how those uh, those are different qualities, and even though it might sound, and I appreciate that English is not the first language of everybody gathered together today, so it might seem, well, it's the same thing, what's the difference, what's the difference, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's like getting a, a feeling for a piece of music, or a, 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 a visual art form, or even with food, there's a, that sense of, well, that's not quite in tune, or that's not quite symmetrical, or that's that's not quite uh, that's not quite uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 taste is too is too sharp. It needs something to soften it. So it's that uh, getting to know that quality of uh, uh, contrast between the, the mind guided by uh, self view and those habits of self centered thinking and the mind that uh, free of that. So that then when you hear a piece of music, that's in tune, or, or you taste the, the dish that you're cooking, that's just right. <laughs> or you see a visual form say, now that's balanced. Or that picture is, is a square on the wall. Right, that's, that's, that, uh, that's balanced. So it's a, a, a way of getting a feeling for that, um, uh, that quality of action being taken based on mindfulness and wisdom. Uh, that uh, getting to know that feeling, that quality, uh, as a felt sense, really, not just as an idea or as a word, but to know that, that balance, that summer quality as a, as a direct experience. And then to, the more that we get familiar with that, it's like with training the ear to a musical form, like, okay, now that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's, on the, that's on middle C, that's the, the, the home note, things are in tune, that's a, that's what, how the strings are, need, need to be to be harmonious. To, to get to, to, to know that and to, to 
trust that to get familiar with that quality of balance and strengthen that to give that uh, uh, to give that life to give that uh, a, a quality of a priority a sense of yeah that's how to measure things and then the more that we uh, discern that quality of, uh, of, uh, of balance get to know that then when the mind drifts away from that towards the desire to, to, to become or the desire to get rid of then it's much more easy to notice it's much more discernible and so it becomes more of a uh, uh, say a, 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 a very natural response moment by moment to be living and working with that quality of, of a, let's say a, an, an integrated uh, attention to the present and and feeling and knowing that that drift into to uh, to the desire to become the desire to get rid of you know, as as and when they arise. But when we uh, have the first period of meditation, then uh, I'll try to you know, introduce these these themes. But um, uh, I feel it's also helpful just to uh, uh, to consider how we have signed up for today, or the, the, the things that we already assume about the practice, or, or what is or taken as inarguable truths, even before we start to try and meditate, <laughs> what's here in our attitudes? And uh, many, many years ago here at Amravati, when uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, one of the themes that, uh, that Ajahn Sumedha used to, to emphasize uh, on this exact area, he'd say, if you have the attitude I'm an unenlightened person who's got to do something now to become enlightened in the future. You know, right there, you're setting the mind up in a, in a, a way uh, that's guaranteed to produce suffering. And I remember thinking back then, but isn't that what we're here for? <laughs> you know, like, what, what, isn't this why we shaved our heads and put on these robes and we're sitting here listening to you? <laughs> But uh, it, and it might sound like a bit uh, uh, a bit too subtle or, or hard to get a, a sense for. But what he what he meant by that is the idea. You know, I am a person who is unenlightened. So right there, uh, you're assuming I am a person as an absolute reality, and I have this quality of being unenlightened. And that if there was a a me, a person who is then enlightened in the future, then that would be a good thing. But he would say. Uh, Look at that as an assumption. Look at that, that the mind is taking this, this uh, our name, our body, our personal story as absolute realities. I'm a woman, I'm a man, I'm old, I'm young, I'm British, I'm American, I'm French, I'm German. I'm a Buddhist, I'm not a Buddhist. <laughs> but all of those I am's we take for granted to take a step back from that. And he would say, rather than I'm an unenlightened person who's got to do something now in order to be enlightened in the future, Instead, uh, be awake now. Here is the, the awake mind noticing the way things are in this moment. That the person is known by the quality of awareness. The, the, the mind that knows uh, is not a person, really, I would say. Uh, and we can explore that over this weekend. That that which knows the person isn't a person. That quality of awareness is not female, it's not male, it's not old, it's not young, it has no no name, no uh, identity, no agenda. It, it, it's aware, it's awake. The, the quality of the heart is, is uh, it knows, the, the, the mind, the, the citta, the heart is, is aware, 
but it's aware of femininity, masculinity arising and passing away, comfort and discomfort arising and passing away, our name, our, our personal stories, our addresses, and, and so on and so forth. That the person is known by that quality of awareness. Um, so rather than starting from, I am a person <laughs> who is unenlightened, he would say, be enlightened now, be awake now. So it doesn't mean to say that if there's a moment of clarity, then the, 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 you know, the suffering has ended forever. <laughs> Wouldn't make that, that presumption. But rather, you know, in that moment of clarity, here's the awake mind knowing the feeling, like sitting here, uh, looking at my screen with very, and various of you in your little boxes with names in the corner, and, uh, and I can see my hands in front of my face. So that which knows my hands is not a hand. <laughs> that which knows the screen is not a screen. That quality of awareness, and it knows the sound of my voice and the meaning of these words, but that which knows words isn't a word. It's that quality of knowing or awareness is, is freed, is not limited or defined by the objects of awareness. So um, when we, uh, we um, recognize that or give that some uh, attention, to say, yeah, that's my assumption is I, I signed up for this weekend because I'm an, an, I am an unenlightened person. I would like to be enlightened in the future. To recognize that as a, as a half-truth or a, a convenient fiction, like, yes, we have signed up. Yes, I've agreed to leave this weekend. Yes, here we all are in the little boxes that are names in the corner. <laughs> but uh, the mind that knows the boxes with the names in the corner, that is not a box. That's not a, that doesn't have a face. It doesn't, doesn't have a name, really, I would say, um, which is a bit mind-blowing in some respects, but it's, uh, it's also, this is where real liberation lies. This is where freedom and that quality of enlightenment lies. It's in that, this, uh, this very awareness, this very uh, uh, element of knowing that, that quality of uh, awakened awareness, this is where liberation is, is possible. So that the uh, and again, as Ajahn Sumedho has uh, said a number of times, so there's no such thing as an enlightened person. Uh, rather, the awake mind knows personhood, so arising and passing away. <laughs> but from the outside, it might say, oh, you know, the Buddha was an enlightened, uh, an enlightened being. So from the outside, but from the inside, the way that the, the mind uh, uh, is, say, relating to the body and feelings, perceptions, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, that... Uh, arises and passes away, and when that awareness is is very uh, fully clarified and very much in tune with the, the time, the place, the situation, then what arises from that awareness is appropriate action, uh, skillful and uh, uh, beneficial choices. Uh, it acts in ways that are, are, are harmless, that are beneficial, that are say in tune with the the needs of the situation. So that kind of, it might, even though it might sound like it's a bit sort of spacey or like, oh, if I'm not a person, but I am a woman, I am a man, I am, uh, <laughs> I do have a nationality, I have a name. Yeah, <laughs> don't tell me I haven't. It can seem a bit uh, like uh, uh, dissociating or, or dislocating uh, in its effects, but rather when that, that quality of awareness is clarified uh, in, in a well-integrated way, then it actually makes us much more effective <laughs> as a person so that we are able to 
to be in tune with the needs of the time, the place, the situation, and the work that we do, the choices that are made are much more in tune with what is going to be beneficial for this being, for other beings uh, around us. And so that uh, I feel it's also helpful to, to look at those kind of assumptions that we make about being, uh, being old, being young, being tall, being short, being healthy, being sick, being a, a woman, being a man, and so on, and to consciously recognize, well, these are convenient fictions. We have names. I've got a variety of names. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so what, what recognizes, well, those names, they're just agreements. They're just uh, convenient fictions. They, they aren't really more than that. And then holding it in that context, then that begins to give us a, a feeling, a sense of that in, uh, intrinsic spaciousness of awareness. And that the stronger that, uh, or the more, um, say, that quality of awareness is, uh, is embodied, is actualized, then the effect of that is to help us to be more in tune and to, to be more grounded, really, in a mysterious way. And that uh, rather than that letting go of those habits of identification, uh, being a person and, and our name and our story, it's a mysterious way that, that when the mind lets go of that, then that it functions more freely and more, more effectively. When we're clinging on to it, I am this person, this is me, this is my story, this is who I am. The more the mind clings to it and identifies with it, then the more we find that things get out of balance and out of, out of harmony. So I'll leave things there for my opening reflections for today. And uh, we'll have uh, our first period of uh, sitting meditation now, and I'll give a little bit of guidance for that. So please uh, get yourselves as comfortable as possible and we'll have a, a, a sitting together for 45 minutes.